Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. It's not a bad problem to have. You're going on vacation, but what do you do when you're there? Travelers are demanding more authentic, immersive experiences, but they also sometimes leave that planning until the last minute. At the Skift Global Forum recently, we heard from CEOs who talked about tours, activities, experiences, and traveler behavior from different viewpoints. And in this episode of the Skift Podcast, we're bringing you two conversations on the subject that we had backstage in the Skift Take studio. The first is with Brett Tolman, CEO of the Travel Corporation, which owns hotels, a river cruise line, guided tour operators, and youth travel companies. He spoke to Skift contributing writer Jeremy Cressman about efforts to reach younger travelers, the challenges of selling guided vacations online, and how the company's brands try to create authentic experiences across the globe. Our second conversation is with Ruzwana Bashir, co-founder and CEO of the tour booking and technology site Peak. She spoke to me, editor and podcast host Hannah Sampson, about what kind of activities are resonating right now why tours and activities are ripe for disruption, and how consumer behavior is forcing providers to adapt. This is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at the Skift Global Forum. The Skift Take Studio series is presented by MasterCard, a payments technology company that is enabling loyalty, security, and data solutions for the global travel industry. First up is our conversation with Brett Tolman. Hey guys, this is Jeremy Cressman here at the Skip Forum. We're with Brett Tolman, CEO of the Travel Corporation. Brett, great chat just now. Um, tell me a little bit how you see the uh, package tour sector evolving in the future. What trends do you think are really going to impact what you guys are doing today? Sure. Great to be here. So I think, you know, the journey we started almost a decade ago was finding ways to really innovate what we call guided vacations or escorted journeys today, rather than a package tour, which obviously doesn't sound very sexy or immersive. And we've really created some very in-depth experiences. Everything that you read about in Skift and other publications, understanding consumer behavior and desires today is going to a destination, spending more time there, having an opportunity to meet locals, and or better understand and experience the destinations that they're going to, have some great culinary experiences, and do some other things, whether it's participating in a cooking school or a language class, things that they want to do. Everyone's different, so we've used technology to better anticipate each traveler's needs so that 50 people in a so-called group on a Trafalgar tour, for example, are treated like individuals. And so by using technology, they can register with us and tell us what they want to be doing, learning more about sport or art when they go to Paris or Rome, what type of experiences they'd like to do. And we can better anticipate that the further out we get that information, the better. Uh, A lot of our travelers will book about 90 days out. So as soon as they register with us, we get that information. We also can learn what any uh, food allergies or culinary things they are concerned about, what type of rooming arrangements they want, one large bed, two beds, and we have that all prepared for them throughout their trip. So it's a very seamless experience. It is personalized and very immersive. 
So Brett, uh, technology is obviously a very key area of focus these days. How at all is that impacting the way that you are distributing products, maybe even if you're not selling on a online travel agency site just yet? Sure. So technology is obviously so important and distribution is key. We are channel agnostic. We've historically always been very trade-centric and some of our experiences and products are not that easy to understand via a website or collateral materials. So the more hand-holding you can have, whether you're working with one of our call centers directly or through a travel profession, travel professional, is very important. Technology certainly helps for those people who want to book directly, and we continue to invest in making our, our booking flows and our booking platforms as seamless and easy to use and intuitive as possible. Pop-up boxes, what does this mean? Trying to reduce the number of clicks and screens you have to go through, and that'll constantly evolve. But we do see our booking funnel still being very small from people who will enter the booking flow to those who will actually complete a sale. So while we continue to focus on that, we do appreciate that some hand-holding is very key, and I think that's part of the concern that Dara and some of the OTAs have is if you can't book this seamlessly online, then how do we handle that in a call center? We're certainly happy to take those calls. And uh, it's just a continued opportunity and channel that we are very much embracing and working on because there is so many, there are so many alternatives and choices out there for travelers today. And for any country company to be relevant, you've got to find a way to cut through. And distribution is key, obviously. Uh, this concept of authenticity gets thrown around quite a bit today, you know, living like a local, having this local experience. Is that something that the travel corporation focuses on instilling in its products? And how do you scale that into a big global business? You know, we're talking 20 plus brands that you guys are operating. Sure. So every brand is run independently. And so everyone has its own product development team, its own operations team, and its own sales and marketing team. And we do like to keep that as separate as possible. So otherwise you get a lot of homogeneity and it's obviously not successful or good for either the customer or the brand itself. And in each destination we have different teams. So in Europe we have one team, North America has another team, Australia, New Zealand, and so forth. And so those guys being locally based work very carefully and closely with our product development teams to understand what we need, understand where consumer behavior and demand is going. And then we'll go out and source those places. So if you take Trafalgar, for example, in 2009, we started these Be My Guest programs where people will go to, say, Sorrento, and you'll go to an authentic lemon grove farm that has been in a family's hands for six or seven generations. And we've gone to them, we've worked with them, and They've established an area on their terrace which overlooks the Bay of Naples and we help them build an area where they can accommodate 50 people, unique and exclusive for Trafalgar. And we'll take these travelers there once a day and they get to meet the family, understand how they grow the lemons, make lemoncello, how they get the uh, products to market. And then the family will actually make a meal for them right there. So that's certainly local, that's immersive, that is authentic. And that's just one example, and we have over 400 of those experiences in Europe with these individual families. could be a wine chateau or a wine farm, and uh, we're constantly evolving and adding those as the business keeps growing. And so it is breaking it into little pieces and working with an amazing group of interested and locally-based people who can go out and source these. 
I would imagine the the mobile or the technology experience plays a role in that, as you mentioned before, correct? Absolutely. So the people do learn about it and in turn, therefore, have a desire to book by understanding the Trafalgar Insight. Uniworld River Cruises do these things. I mean, with Uniworld, you can go on the Danube and meet a real princess whose great-grandfather was the Archduke who was assassinated at the beginning of the First World War. And that's a unique experience. She was the godmother of one of our recent ships. And uh, those are some of the things that you can do with our companies that you can't typically do with others. And every company says that. So it's, you know, who's better at communicating that and getting the cut through either through your B2B channels or more importantly, your B2C channels so that people understand that. And we believe by connecting people through UGC and social media, it's more effective and more cost effective than spending millions on consumer advertising. So we kind of do it backwards, deliver incredible experiences and great value, and then having people share those and in turn growing the business that way. Sure. You mentioned UGC and social media. You know, another big topic is millennials, um, probably overused, but you know, how are you guys ad adapting your experiences for the millennial audience? Is there any technology component? Are you changing any of the itineraries in any ways? Sure. Tell me a little bit of some examples. Okay. So from the front end, we're certainly using social influences. Uh, we have a great contest going on now with uh, eight different influencers that have over 16 million followers, Casper Lee to Joe Sugg to Devin Supertramp. And that's a great way for us to be able to explain some of our experiences and the destinations millennials can go to with us by seeing it through the eyes of these influencers rather than us trying to put a sexy video out there and saying, look at all the great things you can do. So that's one way we're trying to connect authentically with millennials. And then in terms of what's being delivered, um, Kentucky's been doing this for over 50 years, and we've adapted and worked very hard to make sure we're connecting and delivering experiences that millennials want today. So we just launched something recently called Munch, which are much more immersive culinary experiences. And we've got a fantastic master chef involved to go around and ensure that we're really walking the talk and delivering what we're saying when people are buying one of these trips that have these more culinary or fun experiences around a dining table as well as SNAP, which is you know, getting professional individuals involved who can go on these trips and help teach the kids how to take better photographs, to post on Instagram, Snapchat, and so forth. So those are just a couple of examples how we've adapted and enhanced our uh, experiences, taking some of those key trends in mind. Great. Well, Brett, it's been a real pleasure. I appreciate Likewise. you having here today and thank you for all your great insights. Thank you. And that was Brett Tolman talking to Jeremy Cressman. And now here's our conversation with Ruzwana Bashir and she's speaking to me, Hannah Sampson. Just can you start by saying your name and your title and, and what your company is? Sure. My name is Ruzwana Bashir. I am the CEO and founder of Peak.com. Um, Peak is a one-stop shop for travelers and locals to book great experiences. And we work with small businesses in tours to help them come online through Peak Pro. What, what's the most popular or some of the most popular tours or activities uh, that people can get through Peak? Um, 
So the most popular tours and activities um, that people can book through peak.com uh, today um, are actually around a lot of learning and, and food-orientated experiences. So the, the foodie thing is big and we see incredible amounts of new food tours that are coming through um, and lots and lots of opportunities to get to know your local neighbourhoods uh, and the history of those neighbourhoods through the food. So as an example, in San Francisco, you can go and explore uh, North Beach uh, and see some of the different kind of foods that are there in the history of uh, Pisco Punch and things like that um, through to um, being in a place like Miami where there's a lot of Cuban influences and you can do these great food tours with that. So we're definitely seeing that food is becoming more and more a part of, uh, of experience. Um, a second thing that we're seeing is that more people are doing things with their kids and families, so mm-hmm. more fun uh, things to do that are around learning for kids. Um, we're seeing more on that, more of that emerge as well. Okay. And are you predominantly in the U.S. or are you um, international also? Peak is really heavily focused in the U.S. as well as Mexico and the Caribbean. Okay. Do you do you anticipate um, growing more internationally in the near future? near future, future, future? Yeah, in the future, we'll be planning to grow internationally. For now, we've been really focused on the United States just because it's such a large market and there's so much opportunity for us to focus as a company here. Um, a lot of Americans actually travel within America. So since we are a company based in the US, we focus a lot on our uh, American consumers. Um, we see there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, about 20 million people go to from America to Mexico every year. So that's a big market for us as well. Um, but in general, um, another thing that we've seen is that more people are doing things locally in their hometown. Um, And so it's actually really important to go out and find all those great activities and bring them online um, onto Pete.com so that people can find cool things to do in their own neighborhood. What are some of the difficulties of standardizing tour products to sell them online or or even just selling them online at all? Sure. So it's, you know, it's pretty challenging to be able to tell the story of what an activity is just using photos or copy. You know, if you're a if you're somebody who's about to go on a tour, you really want to experience that. You want to know that it is exactly what you expect. And, you know, often a photograph, which is kind of one point in time, doesn't do a good job of capturing a moment, right? And a memory that might be created. So that's definitely a big challenge for us. Um, often there's really big diversity in the way that people are describing what an activity does. Uh, they might not include some really important information. Um, and so we find ourselves having to do a lot of the work. So we have in-house at editorial that we, you know, we're an in-house editorial team that actually writes uh, a lot of the content. Um, we work on photography and we work really hard to make sure that we can tell those stories. The last piece of it is actually ensuring that we have verified reviews as well. So because people, um, small businesses are using us to run their business on the back end, we actually get verified reviews from customers who've actually been on the tour. And that's really important because a lot of the consumer anxiety is, is this going to be okay? Do I really know that it's a safe activity? Do I know that I'm going to have a good time as I give away my five hours on this holiday um, with someone. And um, and that really makes a difference. So, you know, a mixture of having editorial content uh, that we create ourselves that tells the story of what this experience is and what makes it different, as well as having verified reviews really allows us to create great content. Um, but it's, it's a lot of work to do that. Since tours and activities have been around for a long time, your company is fairly new. Why move into tours and activities? Why did you feel like that was a segment of travel that was ready to be disrupted? And what are you bringing to tours and activities that is new? Um, so when I started looking at the tours and activities um, market, it actually came from a personal experience. Um, so so I went to Istanbul for a weekend um, a few years ago, and I found it really, really difficult to figure out what to do and then book it. Uh, it was very, very challenging for me to 
basically go through that experience of um, doing all this research uh, on many different websites and then actually trying to contact the operators and find out what I could do and book and buy. Um, and it just was a really bad experience. And I thought, I don't understand why something like OpenTable doesn't exist for something like this space. I want to be able to find fun things to do and book them easily. And so that's really where it came from. And, and so what we're doing is, is completely redefining the consumer experience so that consumers can come in and instead of this being this oh, very stressful part of your like holiday prep or the weekend, your parents are coming into town. What are you going to do with them? Instead of it being stressful, what if it's kind of joyful? What if it's exciting? What if it's fun? You can anticipate um, and pull out your phone and say, great, I'm going to do something fun tonight, right? And so that consumer experience is involving us actually going out and finding all of the activities and making sure that we have the availability so we know what's available tonight. That's the biggest kind of fundamental and problem that we had to fix. And then second, how do we make sure you can understand what this is? So let's have an editorial team that goes out and actually creates the content to show you what it is. Let's make sure we have great reviews so that, um, and let's make it really personalized in the experience. So when you kind of come in, you can say, yeah, I'm a foodie. I want to do these kind of activities. So I think that was really the big, uh, the big switch that we did, made, which was let's make it so that consumers are able to have an amazing experience. And a lot of it's the underlying pieces of it are really around mobile. So both in terms of getting real-time availability, it's because our you know our guides and our and our tour operators are using mobile phones to run their business. So that's why we know it's available. And equally consumers are pulling out their phones and saying, what can I do tonight? And they really are booking in a few hours. The average person books an activity uh, in about six hours time. And so when that's happening, you really need to know what's available and you need to make it easy because if I'm doing something in six hours time, I really don't want to spend hours doing research and calling people. So I feel like when you are booking a trip, um, the, there are things that are like very fixed. Uh, so you, you know, you can check into your hotel, you know, three o'clock or later in the day, you know, you know, you know what time your flight's going to be. I feel like tours because they're so active and they're for a a finite period of time, that's the kind of thing that you don't wait until the last minute to do. So are you seeing, or at least I wouldn't think that you could. So are you seeing like a change in the way that tour operators are um, able to do business and a change in the way that consumers want to book? Or is that always how it's been? Actually, what you'll see is that um, in destination, people arriving and then deciding has been a big part uh, of the industry. But the industry just didn't serve that very well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to go to a typical website to book activities, you can't book something that's less than 48, 24 to 48 hours in advance, right? Um, you can if it's a big museum and there's no capacity constraints. But as you said, if it's something that's a bit more intimate, it's a, it's a boat tour, it's a small walking tour, then actually there are capacity constraints and you just basically can't book it in this short window. So actually the industry just didn't let people do what they wanted to do. Now consumers have gotten really conditioned to open table or Uber. I expect to get instant confirmation. I expect to be able to do things whenever I want to in very short periods of time. And so consumers have started demanding it to the point where everyone's having to adapt and evolve. And mobile phones are making it so that actually the small businesses that were never behind a desk to let you know when they were available can now actually do all of that on the go. So I think it's a combination of consumer expectations and the role of mobile that's really changed the industry so that we can start servicing the needs of the consumer. So there are consumers that book way in advance, but the majority of people wait until the night before or the morning of. Mm. That's a theme that I'm hearing, and if you're in the sessions, you're hearing um, that demand for instant. Of in the sessions. Every, in the sessions. That demand for instant feedback, for instant confirmation. Um, do you have any thoughts about what that says uh, about 
um, society, uh, travelers in general, just kind of what the mindset is and what the expectation is? I think it's quite wonderful that we're being more spontaneous, right? Um, I think we might be missing out on a little of the anticipation. So when you, we talk a lot about how experiences make people happier, um, and there's there's three pieces to that. Um, the first is that there's anticipation before we do something um, that makes us happy. Then we actually do the experience. That actually makes us the least happy of, <laughs> of the three steps, which is a sad indictment on humanity, perhaps, but uh, it, is, it is the case. And then the third is that we have this incredible memory because nobody does activities on their own. They always do them with someone else. And so I think, you know, we may be missing out on a little bit of the anticipation, but arguably, even if it's in three hours time I'm still anticipating and getting exciting but a lot of the joy of doing these experiences is just getting out and doing them with people that you care about and having a moment in a memory and perhaps a moment that pushes you out of your comfort zone perhaps you went skydiving or swimming with sharks um, but all of these things are contributing so I actually think it's it's great that we're actually now being able to do things more spontaneously um, because if we're all used to that, imagine instead of going home and, 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 and binging Netflix, you might end up doing something fun in New York tonight. Um, or, you know, the weekend comes and instead of not doing something that excites or interests you, you go out and learn how to cook pizza or pasta. You know, um, you know there are opportunities for people to, to live more enriching and more joyful lives, I believe. And I'm, I'm really excited to be part of that. I think our overall mission is to take the world from one of buying products you don't need into a world of of connecting people through experiences um, and allowing them to have human connection in a more meaningful way. And so, you know, I want to live in that world, not the, the world of products. And yet there's no there's no infrastructure for that today. Um, and I, we're building that. I'm excited to build that. And I want to live in a world where people are doing really fun things um, each weekend with people that they care about. And I think that's, you know, we're seeing a lot of signs that especially as millennials um, or younger travelers, they've already shifted a lot of their spending from, um, from kind of products into experiences. And that's going to continue. So you're kind of like the disruptor today. You're you're the new newish kid on the block. Uh, are you looking over your shoulder at who's coming up behind you and trying to do something new in that space? And I'm just going to throw out like two of the disruptors that are out there in the industry now, like Airbnb and Uber. Yeah. Uber could certainly like take what they're doing and put it into tours. Airbnb, you know, who knows what they're up to. Yeah. <laughs> they keep hinting they're about to announce something in the next few months. Um, are you concerned about that? You know, uh, so for me, I think if you spend a lot of your time thinking about competitors, especially big behemoths that are like massive companies that have probably got bigger fish to fry than worry about what Peak is doing, um, then it's kind of dangerous. You know, the reason that we might not get to our potential is not because we didn't do a good job of looking over our shoulder. It's because we didn't focus and execute in an excellent way because we didn't deliver the absolute best product and consumer experience, right? So my perspective is focus, make sure you really understand your customers and understand your market uh, and, and make sure that you're innovating against yourself. Today, there is nobody innovating um, better than we are, right? So our battle is not to say who's doing something else. It's to say, how do we push ourselves to do more? How do we push ourselves to be better? And so I think you know, we compete against ourselves every single day. And that's great and it's fun and that's what I want to continue doing. And, and there may be situations where there are other people that are doing things that are really smart, in which case we should learn from them. Um, but today, we're still so early in this space and we're still one of the big, um, you know, we're the disruptor in the space, as you mentioned, um, that I'm just focused on making sure we go out and do more and more of it. Um, you know, but once we're a multi-billion dollar company, we'll probably have to make sure that we're innovating fast enough because that's when it becomes difficult because you're big and you're not as able to be flexible but you know we 
we're nimble, we're growing really fast um, and we'll continue to do that. So right now we have to every day beat ourselves. Great. Thank you so much. No, thank you. That was great.